Welcome to another episode of Search News You Can Use with me, Glenn Gaines. And me, Dr. Marie Haynes. I'm so excited for this episode. Uh, Glenn and I have known each other for a very long time. And uh, today we're going to talk about assessing traffic drops uh, in Google traffic. Uh, so welcome, Glenn, and thank you for coming to the podcast. Oh, you're welcome. I'm really excited to be here. I listen to the podcast religiously. Um, so it's it's kind of surreal to be on it. It's, it's cool. Oh, that's that's really cool. Um, Glenn, why don't you um, introduce yourself and tell the audience uh, what it is you do and um, just a little bit about yourself? Sure, sure. Um, so my name is Glenn Gabe. I run my own consulting business, G Squared Interactive, where I heavily focus on helping companies that have experienced a traffic drop. A lot of times it's focused on broad core updates, but it could be anything. I have a lot of things across my desk that are weird drops, you know, <laughs> So it could be from manual actions. It could be just weird algorithmic blips. It could be from broad core updates or other things. So that's pretty much what I'm neck deep in. When did you first start doing traffic drop assessments? Yeah, uh, pretty much since I started in SEO, which was a really, really long time ago. So this is, um, so, you know, sites would, I was either helping them internally, like, you know, being at a company or at an agency and then companies would uh, reach out and just be like, we saw this weird drop, you know, and I just from the beginning was like super like loved digging in and being like a detective around trying to figure out what was going on. Mm -hmm. The more you learn about SEO and the more Google shares and the more they shared about their updates, you start to get a feel for what's going on. And then Panda and Penguin hit and there was more about what was going on. And that's, you know, really, I'd say I was doing it a lot, probably in the 2000 eight and on okay. area. And then with Panda, it really hit. Um, and from that point on, it's it's like 99% of what I focus on. Right. Yeah. So 2008 is when I started in SEO, although I didn't really get into uh, the excitement of what Google algorithms do and uh, until Panda and Penguin. And I remember my very first client call uh, was with a Penguin hit site. And this guy would not stop going on about this Glenn Gabe guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I can, we'll have to we'll have to reminisce off air about who the client was, but I, I remember he had been working with uh, you know every uh, person he could, and all he could talk about was just how amazing Glenn Gabe was at uh, uh, at figuring out Penguin. Um, oh, so funny. that was my that was my first introduction to you, Glenn. I, I read everything you wrote about Penguin, uh, and then you know I think we threw theories back and forth sometimes, yes. and. I and, remember. Uh, I remember you. Yeah. You commented, I believe, on one of my posts, or I believe that's the first time I had, I had seen you. Um, and I was like, "She's really smart. <laughs> like, she's <laughs> asking some really good questions." And then, you know, obviously, you went down that path heavily, and you became probably the industry leader in that area. So, um, yeah. So, I think that was the first time that um, I saw your comments and stuff like that. So. Neat. And that was like 10 years ago. So I know, uh, I know. Lot, well, can you believe it's 10 years coming up that Penguin uh, ran? I know. I, I, I always look back to that first blog post I wrote about it after Penguin 1.0. And, and I'm like, just it's wild to see how, how far things have come and see where that has gone. And then where Pan Medieval Panda was, and now it's not. And now Broadcore updates and you know, it's really interesting. But I remember, I mean, there was a company that contacted me. I want to say it was like 2000 six or seven who got, they got hammered. And so that was probably the, one of the first that I dug into that you could see the site broadly was impacted. I mean, they lost 80% of their traffic algorithmically yeah. overnight. So, so it's been really interesting to see that path like you have too, you know, since Penguin mm -hmm. and Panda and now quality updates and then broad core updates and so on and so forth. So. 
Yeah. And that's what we're going to get into today. We're going to talk about uh, an article that you wrote a couple of months ago now, because we've been trying to have this talk for a a couple of months and and, uh, things have come up uh, on either side here. But um, uh, an article about broad core updates and how you assess the traffic drops. Um, And so we're going to get into that. Uh, I have some questions uh, about the article. before we do, uh, we do have a sponsor for this episode, and so I'm just going to uh, read out our sponsorship here. When you live and breathe SEO, creating content is half the battle. There's always a trade-off between quality and volume, and finding good writers can be a major headache. So our sponsor this week is ContentFly. ContentFly makes it easy to request content uh, with and connect with writers without compromising on quality. Simply sign up, Fill out your goals, submit your brief, and they'll take care of the rest. Content Fly's custom matching process ensures you find the perfect writers for your content goals. They even include free revisions and rewrites, plagiarism checks, and a 30-day, 4,000-word money-back guarantee. So you can get started. If you are a listener of uh, Search News, you can use, uh, you can go to contentfly.com slash search news, and uh, there is a, a, an offer there for you. Okay, and this episode of Search News You Can Use corresponds with our newsletter, uh, which is episode number 230. You can find that at mariehaines.com slash newsletter. Uh, there's lots of stuff, Glenn. We probably could have talked about the whole newsletter instead of your uh, uh, your uh, article because uh, lots went on with the product reviews update uh, has now finished rolling out as of April 11th. What was your uh, experience with uh, with this rollout of the product reviews update? Yeah, so I heavily focused on analyzing the first and the second. I have two posts about that that are, you know, like 3,000 words plus each. Um, So it was very interesting to go through this one. I'm still digging in heavily and I probably will write a post about it or specific things about it that I'm seeing. Um, Listen, Google's evolving and it's really trying to get better at it. There were definitely loopholes with the second, um, which I clearly communicated in what I was seeing. Um, Some of those have been closed, which is good. Um, Some of those, by the way, were closed even before the PRU, the latest, which was interesting. So it might have been part of like a smaller broad core update, uh, broad, a smaller core update, I should say. Um, But anyway, so, you know, it's, I would say overall, things are good, right? I mean, I think that they're trying to surface the best um, quality content that they can, but there are examples of that not happening. Um, and some weird stuff going on again with dueling machine learning algorithms with core updates, a site surging or dropping in the opposite with the product reviews update, which I think personally is a major problem with Google. You can't have that happening. Mm-hmm. You have two basically big updates doing different things with the site. Um, so it, it's interesting. I mean, again, I'll be writing a post probably about it. Um, we could probably talk the whole hour about exactly. <laughs> stuff yeah, I know. I'm, I'm trying to decide yeah. here what, to, how much to talk on because I feel like if we talk on product reviews, we'll uh, we'll end up on that for the rest of the uh, the talk. Yeah. Um, we did for those who are listening. We uh, I have done some uh, conversation on product review updates. You can look back in our past podcast episodes, and Glenn has written uh, a lot as well. Uh, what we found, I thought it was really interesting because this third role out, uh, we actually had several clients with really nice gains, which mm-hmm. the first two rollouts, we we didn't really see any impact at all. Uh, and the sites that were seeing gains were smaller uh, affiliate type sites that really mm-hmm. did have good review content. You know, mm-hmm. um, a lot of pages, 
for queries uh, where people were asking for the best on something. So if you did a search for right. best right. running shoes for whatever, you know, yep. um, and uh, and definitely uh, you could see that the content was being elevated or that was being elevated was the type of content that uh, Google wrote about in their their recommendations. Yeah. yeah. I think overall, I would agree with you, but I have so many examples of really bad stuff just ranking. And, and you know, I'll get into it more in the post probably, but I think it's more of that there's just not a lot of great content for that area. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's not mm -hmm. like Google could put something better there. It's just all not great. That's ranking for those specific queries. And the other thing that's interesting is I saw collateral damage um, in the second one, especially in, in the first as well. This one, not as much, meaning like I think Google's getting better at saying this is a product review page yeah, yeah. or site or section versus, you know, some other type of site that ran. Like I, I had some companies reach out to me and be like, we surged and they're like not a product review site. I'm like, what? Yeah. Or clients where certain areas within their site either dropped or surged and they totally had nothing to do with product reviews. So mm -hmm. I think Google's getting better there, but it's a machine learning system. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. With any of that, as we've seen with broad core updates, um, you know, they sometimes need to keep refining what they're doing there to get, to get it right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think they've got a lot more coming. Uh, I mean, Google has been so focused on uh, making sure that we produce good, helpful product pages. Uh, yeah. I, I have all sorts of theories on where yeah. Google wants to go with, uh, you know, we just saw that's something in the newsletter uh, this week that there's um, this multi-search uh, yes. now that we can search with. Uh, go ahead, Glenn, tell us about multi-search. Oh, no, I was going to say I've been <laughs> testing it heavily. Um, yeah. And so it's it's really cool. Like for example, the, what I shared on Twitter was there, there was um, I was at a uh, a distillery near us, and I took a cool picture of the, one of the drinks that they made, and I did it, and then swiped up and added recipe, and boom, it gave me recipes for all the. I mean, it's it's really cool stuff. Mm -hmm. um, the problem is that nobody knows about it. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. multiple times, I'll go to people outside of SEO and go. Do not use lens. Forget about multi-search. They're going to have no idea what I'm talking yep. about. Do not use lens. Oh, I kind of see it. Uh, maybe did it a few times. And then I show them how to use lens, first of all, and they're blown away. And then multi-search with lens. And they're like, this is amazing. I think Google's big challenge is how do you get people to use that? I think you if they know. can, though, it's going to be massive. I mean, last right. year, yeah. you shared a, a piece of content from the New York Times uh, it was just before the summer and it was, and you said something about, oh, this is a great example of great content. And it was something about gardening. Yes. And, yeah. uh, and, and there was a picture in the content of um, these things, these concrete blocks that you could yep. put in the garden uh, and then lay wood on either side. And I was like, man, that's exactly what I need. Now, uh, lens and multi-search wasn't around then, but at the time, uh, so what I had to do was do a whole bunch of Google searches for like concrete blocks for the, like, how do you even describe them? Right. Whereas, now I could just open up a uh, lens on Chrome even too now, right? Uh, click on that image. And I don't know if it does it yet, but I know Google's uh, hope is that Google can show me where I could buy those online, you know? Right. Well, I actually tested that. Um, so I, I took a photo, it was like of a dress or something like that, or shorts or whatever. And then I put in with multi-search buy. And I'm pretty sure it gave me all the e-commerce sites that I can buy it at, or, yeah. you know, relatively speaking. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's really powerful. But again, and I have two kids that are teenagers, right? One that's going off to college next year. And they really had no idea what I was talking about with mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And that's shocking, right? These are kids that are neck deep in TikTok and Snapchat, and they understand AR filters mm-hmm. and everything like that. But when I showed them it, they were both like, this is really cool. Mm-hmm. But they didn't know, you know what I mean? So like the average That's person, I just, I, I yeah. really hope Google does something, but I don't even know what they could do other than prompts in the search results, which might, they may start doing, right? And but yeah. I don't know if you saw this, but I shared it the other day. I went through a whole survey after using multi-search. So Google's already gaining tons oh, of feedback. Okay. And it wasn't just like, is this good? It was asking me what I put in what I was looking for, wow. blah, blah, blah. So, um, so that's really interesting too. They're definitely yeah. you know, hoping to, to gain some feedback so they could refine it. And if they could expand that, amazing. Again, I, I mean, Lens is killer. My, my wife was the same mm-hmm. way. I showed her how to use Lens. She's like, this is amazing, but she didn't know about it. Mm-hmm. Even though it's right in the, in the search bar now. Like there's mm-hmm. a lens. It's icon. not just on your phone, on your camera. It's like in Chrome right. on your desktop, which Correct. I think a lot of yeah. people don't realize. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, it's cool. Yeah. 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 Well, so, so we've got lots of other stuff in newsletter, yeah. uh, uh, some stuff on, um, uh, Daniel Weisberg tweeted this really cool, uh, bubble chart that you can I make with search console data, yep. uh, and looking at, um, queries that, uh, perhaps don't have click-through rate or have click good click-through rate, but maybe aren't ranking, uh, optimally. And, uh, right. that's something I think was, uh, was really, really cool. Um, and yeah, lots of other stuff. So let's get on to this article. Um, we'll uh, link to the article in our show notes so anybody who's listening can uh, follow along if you want to do that. And Glenn, you talked about three things that you assess when uh, there is a site that has a traffic drop, uh, relevancy shifts, intent shifts, and then overall site quality. Yep. Why don't we go through each of those uh, just briefly and you can kind of explain the different uh, ways that sites can be affected. Sure, sure. So like a lot of my blog posts, this comes out of talking with a million clients. <laughs> you know, So anytime I get the same question over and over and over, I'm like, I should just write a blog post about it so I can point mm-hmm. people to it. But so basically, whenever a site sees a big drop in traffic from a broad core update, um, a smaller core update, whatever it may be, um, my big question always is, should it have dropped? Right? Is it okay? And, you know, it confuses a lot of site owners, um, especially as you see maybe a drop in revenue, maybe you don't, maybe you don't know what's going on. So um, the real three buckets that everything kind of fits into, a relevancy adjustment is basically Google just not deeming your content relevant anymore for the query. Sometimes that's totally right. Other times it's not. Maybe you should have never ranked there in the first place. Um, Or you have older content that just isn't relevant anymore. And I'll get into some examples of that. Then you have intent shifts, right? So intent shifts are tougher because that's Google saying that we're going to rank a different type of site for this query. And that's, you know, I'm helping some clients right now that have gone through that. And I'll explain more about that, um, some of the things going on there. But that could actually reverse itself, right? So as Google kind of figures out, oh, we went too far. Maybe they come back slightly or even sometimes a complete reversal of that. Um, so that's a tough situation because if that sticks, there's really nothing you could do about that, you know, other than focus on the other intent um, that may be ranking, but it doesn't mean Google's going to rank your site there for that. And then you have, if it's not one of those two, and if you're dropping in rankings for queries that you should rank for and that you have content that you should rank for or that you think you should rank for, then it could be overall site quality issues which I know you've done a lot of work in as well. Mm-hmm. And that can be a lot of different things. And we'll talk about that, I'm sure, later on. But um, that's where you basically have to um, uh, you know, objectively evaluate your site 
on multiple levels, not just content, and try and figure out everything that potentially could be dragging the site down. And in my opinion, try and fix as much of it as possible, especially since we're in a machine learning environment, right? So it's not mm -hmm. like, hey, here's the one smoking gun, never gonna be that, most of the time. I mean, sometimes there could be a really big problem, um, but to me, when, whenever you see a broad core update and it's due to quality, it's due to a number of things that are impacting the mm -hmm. site. It's been a while since I had a smoking gun type of audit right. yourself as well. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I mean, they used to happen. Yeah. I'm trying to right. think of an right. example. I mean, we've had, I've had cases where people have uh, really struggled with indexing and then it turns out there's a no index tag on the page or right. something, you know, those are the fun exactly. ones. Yeah. Technical, uh, you could have a smoking gun. Like, um, you know, for example, if you basically had a glitch and Google bot is seeing no content, right? Like, yeah, you know, yeah, there's yeah. nothing in the HTML that Google's seeing, but it's showing up on the page when people visit it, you could have a big problem or a no index or robots.txt directive. Mm -hmm. um, but usually, I mean, if it's during a broad core update, um, the hard part is that clients need to understand there's a lot to fix usually yep. and a lot to improve. The good news is that that's something unlike intent shifts where you can actually control part exactly. of this. You know, yes. It's just yeah. you need to leap, take a leap of faith and go, all right, we're going to fix a lot and hope that we come back. And knowing that you probably will if you significantly improve quality over the long term, mm -hmm. but um, it's probably not going to happen in a month. You know, exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, we don't see those uh, those quick uh, recoveries uh, anymore. Right. Um, and right. when it is a quality issue, uh, like like I said, we'll get into some of those examples. Like it's it's often very difficult to uh, pinpoint the exact issue. You know, we, we will often point out like 50 different uh, things that could be contributing right. to quality. Uh, yep. And then it's, you know, we have to prioritize, well, some of these are fixable. And some of them, I mean, one of the things that we're seeing a lot lately is uh, just bad content that used to rank on maybe yep. SEO power, uh, you know, sites that could, knew how to get links in ways that, um, you know, maybe weren't completely natural. And, uh, you know, now that Google's able to do a little bit more with um, actually assessing content, uh, it, those are hard to fix if you have, you know, tens of thousands or millions of pages uh, that really aren't the best of their kind. Totally. Like, yeah. 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 That will add up and bite you, <laughs> you know, yes. it's like, you know, at some <laughs> yeah. point. So. Um, yeah. Before we get into, so I want to get into each of these in more detail, the relevancy and intent shifts and quality. Um, tell me a little bit more about Delta reports. Yeah. So again, this is something that um, I don't know if you know this or not, but it, I used to call Panda reports, right? Yes. Oh, so, well, I know because I did them. Yeah. I took, I remember <laughs> right. sitting with your, I remember sitting on my couch when my, my youngest was a young, young baby and uh, I had her on one side and Glenn Gabe's post on the other and, you know, trying to figure out where did my, what keywords dropped and what parts oh, of my great. site dropped. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm awesome. Well awesome. Yeah. So I called it a Panda report because I found it extremely helpful when a site got crushed by Panda you know, losing 60, 70% of its traffic, like, you know, could happen during old Panda mm -hmm. updates and saying, all right, well, let me see what dropped query wise and what dropped landing page wise. And normally when you see those during Panda, when you see those big drops and follow the query and landing page, sometimes it yielded amazing findings, right? Like, whoa, horrible ad situation or really thin content, or just didn't meet user expectations, whatever it may be. Um, so that's what Delta reports do. And I've been able to automate that um, numerous ways by using uh, Analytics Edge, which mm -hmm. is what I use in all of those posts. 
Um, so you could use other tools if you want to, but it's a great way to go. And so it's basically isolating the queries and landing pages that drop the most during whatever happened was a broad core update or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that uh, post that you have on uh, using Analytics Edge uh, and and other tools to make uh, this yeah. Delta report—that's something that my team has been working with, and we've uh, uh, we've put together um, some really really exciting things. We've only done a couple of reports so far, but each time we've done it, it's been so cool to look at the data and go, "Oh, you know, we thought there were quality issues, but actually, like it was this," you know, um, right, and right. Uh, and that uh, there's times where um, we've had sites that have wanted to go ahead with, you know, a massive thorough uh, audit to improve quality, which is never a bad idea. There's always something you can improve on. Sure. Um, but it turns out that Google had a different understanding of intent. Um, and so, uh, you know, changing the quality of those pages would not meet the user intent uh, in these cases. And, and so that, that can be really right. helpful. And, and you bring up a great point. The quality thing is one thing, but also Delta reports highlight relevancy adjustments and intent shifts, right? So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I just did this for a, a company that saw a big intent shift in the country that they're in for what they want to rank for. And, you know, the, the Delta report, it was just like so easy to see. I mean, massive drops for these queries that they have good content for. They're just now off of page one and wow. who's on page one now or, or different types of sites that Google's now thinking that they should rank. So it's it Delta reports to me, I always say it in my blog post about major algorithm updates, first thing you should do, mm -hmm. right? Just mm -hmm. understand what dropped and then dig in from there. Exactly, and you're right. Yeah. Sometimes with companies, you have to go, listen, there's not much I can really do here. You know, it's like, sure, I could analyze your site and you could, like you said, always improve something, but sometimes it's not that, you know? So Delta mm -hmm. reports are a great way to start. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for, and thank you for everything you've written on, like how to do it. I think, um, I think a lot of people think that it's way more complicated than it is, you know, uh, looking at the actual uh, data. So I, I really encourage others to uh, to check it out. It's not that expensive to use Analytics Edge. Um, oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I think uh, it's something that, um, you know, most of us should be doing if we're trying to analyze a, a traffic drop um, rather than I, I think a lot of people just jump right into. All right, let's do a technical audit. <laughs> um, where you know that could be a component of it, uh, but let's uh, let's talk about okay relevancy. Uh, do do you have an example of the a type of site that was affected where you thought relevancy was the issue? Yeah. So let me just go to my list. Uh, so the, uh, I think an easy one for people to understand are basically major news publishers or that focus on a specific niche, right? So imagine you wrote about celebrities, right, and you were ranking for a celebrity name, so a head term. Brad Pitt, whatever it may be. And that article was three years ago and you were still ranking, you know, page one, maybe number three for the name and a broad core update rolls through and you drop to page three, four, five or beyond. That's a great example of a relevancy adjustment. And it's right, <laughs> you know, like, unless that's something still relevant to that person, it's probably not. And Google's like, all right, we're gonna surface something else. Um, so I see that all the time because I help a lot of news publishers and some focus on that niche. But, you know, um, another one, another type of news publisher where they uh, have a lot of like financial data, you know, information on companies, um, you could see during broad core updates, it's just the way the, the world that they have to live in, which is broad core updates roll through. And some of these things are just not relevant anymore. And they get it. And they know that they're going to have new content coming in that will rank. So it's not that big of a deal. But that, those are two really good examples of relevancy adjustment. That's good. Yeah. How much then, do you... Okay, go ahead. 
recommend, um, how often are you recommending going back and updating content? So, you know, that would be a perfect example, right? Totally, totally. So all the time I talk about the power of that, right? Because the more you can improve your content over time, especially if you're adding new things that are going on, now you can rank for those new queries as well as just also meeting or exceeding user expectations, which I think is massively important. It's exactly what Google's trying to do. <clears throat> so if you have content that's kind of just fallen by the wayside, doesn't really meet or exceed user expectations anymore, it's older, whatever, it's a great idea to go back in and, and to do that. Now, for a lot of sites, especially the ones I'm helping that are larger, that's not easy, right? I mean, you're talking mm -hmm. hundreds of thousands of pages, if not millions of pages. The site I, I spoke about before with the financial piece, they have two to three million pages indexed. Yeah. Yeah. Not easy for their team to go in and, and do anything like that. But you're right. You should be, in my opinion, looking at your top pages that are ranking all the time, maybe monthly, and saying, all right, we're still ranking there. Should we be right? So if you had an if if you have an editorial team or anyone in charge of content, hopefully they're going through and constantly looking at that type of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. there was another example of a relevancy adjustment I wanted to bring up. So it's a site that is in health and medical, in my opinion, one of the top in their vertical. Um, but they were ranking for really broad terms, like one word okay. things that they were top of the rankings. Now, during a broad core update, they still rank really well for torso terms, which are the ones that really their articles fit. For the head terms, they fell off the map. So they lost traffic, but they're still ranking really well for the ones that they should. So that's a relevancy adjustment. But in my opinion, and I had to tell them, it's the right thing, in my opinion. Exactly. Now, they yeah. want to rank for those head terms, but in reality, that's very, very tough. You know, that would be and like wonder... me wanting to rank for just SEO. I mean, yeah, I guess that would be cool, but does that really help help me? Exactly. You know? What's the value in, right. uh, you know, if you rank for shoes or, you know, some top, right. uh, some exactly. query that's very common, you're not likely to convert people with those. Um, right. But it hurts, though, when you look at the, uh, you know, if you're the SEO who's, uh, depending on how you're measured, uh, we yeah. had a client, I don't know if you saw that, uh, uh, plummeted with the product reviews, the latest product reviews uh, update. It was March 23rd and it was yep. a, one of the worst traffic drops I've ever seen. Uh, and so we reached out uh, to them and it turns out that it was planned. They had um, no indexed some uh, some content that was just really irrelevant and not the best of its kind. Um, yep. And so it was very, I don't, there's parts to that that we need to figure out because uh, the fact that they dropped so much tells me that yeah. maybe that content was valuable to somebody. But um, my, my point is here that uh, um, sometimes uh, traffic just drops uh, and you can't always assume that it's uh, because of an update that happened, right? There's, there's right. other things that can happen. Uh, absolutely. On that note, by the way, I found two sites that dropped, like fell off, off the map during the product reviews update when everyone else was seeing volatility and they changed domain names, right? So it's like, yeah, yeah, it has yeah. nothing to do, you know, but everyone would jump on it and be like, oh, look, they dropped by like 80%. It's like, no, they actually yep. changed domain names. But let me, let me test your memory. May 20th, 2014. Oh, Panda 4.0. Very good. Very good. Yeah. Yes. Cause yeah. I know because that's also the day that I launched one of my own websites or relaunched okay. it and forgot my analytics code on it. Uh, and so, <laughs> right. so I saw the, the sudden uh, drop too. And, and I was like, Oh no, it's Panda. Uh, and yeah. it wasn't. And that was so. a huge update. Mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. remember we spoke about that when it actually launched. I remember we went back and forth on some things. 
Um, so yeah, that was a huge update. Yeah. I mean, those, yeah. Pan, those medieval Panda updates were massive. I mean, the cool yep. part was that they were every like six weeks or so, six to eight weeks. But mm -hmm. the crazy part was they were clearly refining that over time. And in the beginning, some sites were just getting obliterated. Yeah. That and see, I'm not and so you sure and, yeah. needed, needed to, but. And you and I saw the value then in trying to like analyze all those little blips, because if we could show yeah. that it was Panda. So like if you were seeing your sites that were affected by Panda uh, saw changes and my sites that seemed to be Panda type sites saw changes, it helped us um, uh, communicate to the rest of the community like, oh, this looks like it was Panda. So if you were hit, look at this, this and this. But these days, uh, you know, that type of thing doesn't really happen. So we right. all these little blips that we have, uh, where the SEMrush sensor will show that uh, yeah. something crazy was going on. You know, it's right. been a while since we've looked at those and and found anything other than like the same thing that we're talking about right now. Right. I totally agree. And it, it it's almost like and it's. I just had this conversation with a client and it was really cool because they, they got it after a while. In the beginning, they wanted to focus on very specific, smaller things. And I'm like, no, you were impacted by the November Broadcore update, right? And pretty badly. I'm like, and it's this, it's not this, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, look at everything. It's, it's not about this technical little detail that really doesn't make a difference or, you know, it's nice to fix. But, and finally I got an email from them and they were like, we get it. It's big. We're looking long-term. We're fixing mm -hmm. as much as we can. We're improving this. We're investing in this. We're I was like, this is great because that's what they need to do. So I'm really eager to see how they do over the next probably six to nine months. Um, based upon this site, that's probably what it's going to take. Um, mm -hmm. but they do get it and they're implementing stuff. So yeah, it's, it's, it's great when we have clients like that, that, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 that yeah. Take, take but it took saying, a while yeah. for that. Right. Because yeah, it, 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 yeah. Yeah. It initially wanted to focus on very, you know, like a lot of small things that, mm -hmm. um, probably wouldn't have moved the needle. So. Exactly. Yeah. And, and easy to do things. Like we have people who want yes. to, you know, hope that we could file a disavow and reverse, uh, everything, <laughs> right. which, you know, maybe, maybe eight, nine years ago, that might've been the case, but, uh, right. uh, yeah, it's rare that like we keep saying that there's easy, easy ways to, uh, recover a site. Um, yeah. and your article on that was amazing, by the way, the, the recent on, one that you, Oh, thank you. Thank you. It yeah. Was great. It's, and stuff like that is so important to get published so you can share it with people. I know that I think marketing a clock actually put you, I do you know that you were the mm -hmm. article of the week. Yeah. So anyway, but that's what needs to happen. More people need to read things like that to truly understand because you still come across, Hey, you know, nothing wrong. And they're disavowing like 10,000 domains, like, Whoa, what are you, doing? you know, like yeah, to, to yeah. really understand when you should and when you shouldn't is super important. Mm -hmm. And it's yeah. it's difficult too because we struggle with it and like we've done it day in and day out for a decade now uh, and we still right. sometimes struggle with knowing uh, what to disavow. So yep. uh, you know how can the average site owner who's only looked at their totally. own site uh, do that? It's it's tricky, but that's why that's why people hire us <laughs> and you, right? Yeah. So yep. yeah. Um, tell me about. Uh, I think we talked a little bit about stale and dated uh, sites. I think you mentioned that that yep. uh, you know we can move on there. Intent shifts uh, a little bit different. And relevancy, although very closely tied together. Can you give uh, an example? I think some of the product review stuff was connected to intent shifts, right? We could start there. That, that's a great mm. example. So um, with the product reviews update, um, what we saw in December as well. So for head terms that don't include like best, right? Um, 
if review sites were dominating the SERPs, sometimes that switched to now e-commerce retailers, like Google okay. cutting out the review sites and going, people, we think, our algorithms believe people want to go directly to Amazon or Walmart or Target mm -hmm. to go and buy it. So that's a big intent shift because if the review sites were there, they were probably making a good amount of affiliate revenue on people landing there, scanning a list and going and buying, right? And now they're not there. So that's a tough intent shift because you're not an e-commerce retailer as a review site and you're not going to end up ranking for that if Google wants to put them there. Um, the other thing is sometimes a few, slops, a few slots were left open for review sites. So maybe it's like all e-commerce retailers and maybe one or two review sites. So if you were the third in the list, at least from a ranking perspective, you were now page two or three. Yeah, um, yeah. So I think that's a really good example of an intent shift. What can a site owner really do if you're a, a best, you know, an, a, an affiliate site that's writing about the best type of product and they're put, and Google's putting an e-commerce retailer there? Right. Right. And, and we know? see that all the time, too, with like um, Google deciding that maybe this query people want informational content. Uh, right. And so and and one of the things that we started seeing a couple of years ago was that, um, you know, maybe our client who was an e-commerce store ranked at number three uh, behind Amazon and Walmart. And now the only e-com that's on page one is Amazon, Walmart, and everything else is informational. It's not possible for our client. I shouldn't say it's not possible because we have had some clients that uh, can break through that sometimes. But if Google has decided that most people want to buy this from Amazon or from some big store, uh, you know, it's going to be very hard to change their opinion of you um, unless you start growing more as a business, right? I mean, there have been, we had a client who um, uh, came to us um, wanting to help with help with a uh, medical query types of medical queries and they wanted to outrank uh, healthline and mayo clinic and we were like you know you guys don't have the authority uh, and they built authority i mean they're not more authoritative than the mayo clinic but for their subject they're known uh, as that and now a couple years later they compete in those top 3 so it can be done um but uh, but it's difficult if google's decided uh, that the intent is different yeah absolutely i think what you're explaining is a great point i mean for informational content, <clears throat> I think you definitely could do that. Like you're explaining the e-commerce parts really are, <laughs> you're like not selling products only you're, you know, you just can't just throw up an e-commerce site and suddenly rank for those if Google's going to put them there. Although, but yeah. Oh, sorry. What do you think about, uh, let's say you have an e-commerce client um, who lost rankings to some maybe affiliate sites that have done like, oh, the best whatever product of 2022. Uh, how do you feel about uh the e-commerce store themselves uh, writing a best of. I mean, it's hard, right, to write, uh, here's how we compare to this competitor and that competitor, but I've seen people do that. Um, I don't know. I think that could be an option. Tricky yeah, one. I mean, you could always try it, right? And so you're talking about an e-commerce retailer that doesn't have all of the products on the site, yeah. but they face sell their own and then they're listening. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'd, I haven't come across like too many in my research and I've been going pretty deep in the product reviews yeah. updates um, and not really seeing that. But yeah, I mean, you could if it's objectively done, but um, I haven't Realistically seen Realistically though, now that I think deep. about it, if, yeah. if Google's uh, determined that my intent is to see products from multiple vendors, uh, yeah. they're, they're probably not going to show me just the <laughs> right. original manufacturer. Yeah, I mean, so, uh, yeah. And that's not live yet, that part of the algorithm, but right. I've yeah. seen that more and more, which is great because I think it is better to actually provide multiple options. But I can't see like a retailer saying, oh, go buy a dare. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, some people do. I remember HubSpot had something about they wanted to rank for 
best CRM software. Yeah. And uh, and then I that's what they this. did. They wrote a. This was a few years ago, right? They they did um, a chart, a comparison chart, and they put themselves as number two uh, behind some. I can't remember who the other okay. company was. Uh, <laughs> but but then they ranked uh, amongst. You know, they ranked really well for best CRM software. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So then it's possible. Yeah, I think that's possible. I think it's different also with like a smaller product that you're going to buy at like twenty or thirty dollars. You know, like mm-hmm. CRM. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like an involved process, right? But uh, I, I think it would be really interesting if a smaller e-commerce retailer was like, go buy it here and like, or, you know, go buy yeah. something else somewhere. And, and someone could like this without even really thinking about it. But yeah. Um, yeah. And again, I haven't really, I'm trying to think, because I've been digging really deep with the latest PRU. Um, I haven't come across any like that. No, no, yeah, me neither. I'm no, just trying to think yeah. of how we could help. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, sure. people, you know, we're always brainstorming on uh, on yeah. ideas. I'm thinking of an another yeah. path. That's an easier path than setting up an e-commerce site. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do think there's some room though. I, I thought it was interesting how you said, you know, if Google's kind of reserved so many spots for uh best of or affiliate type content, I think there's a lot of SERPs where that's missing. You know, so um, you know, maybe there's some opportunity there for people to uh, uh to write uh, affiliate content um if and review products, uh, perhaps. Perhaps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um I was um, going to mention another, another, oh, you go, you, yeah, go, a, you go ahead. Yeah. I had another example, which is um, a site. This, this was actually rough to kind of, to analyze. So I had a site contact me. <clears throat> it was outside of a broad core update out of nowhere. Intense shift happens. They're kind of a leader in their niche. Right. And they write, I can't get into too much detail about what they do, but let's just say if you were looking specifically for what they do, they should rank. And they always mm-hmm. did. Um, suddenly all these other sites started popping in and they didn't really, their, their focus is not on that, but they okay. have content that now okay. relates to that. And that was really tough for the site owner. Um, mm-hmm. They were like, this is wrong. We have been doing this forever. This is all we do. And I, I believe that they had brought it up to Google. Um, so that probably got passed along to the teams that run it just to analyze what's going on. And I will tell you, probably two months, maybe, and things definitely turned. Okay. Okay. Now I'm not saying they're back to where they were, Mm -hmm. but they rank a lot better for those terms than what they were. So it's almost like potentially the teams and it can happen where they're like, yeah, this isn't right. You know, and Mm -hmm. it got through the proper channel and back to the team so they could review it. And then maybe they uh, refine the algorithms. Um, So again, it's not a full reversal, but they're doing a lot better than they were. So that's another intense shift that actually that curve comes back a bit yeah, and they yeah. start to rank more for those queries again. And you wonder how much of that came about because they brought it to Google. You know, Correct. I mean, I, I do think Google, yeah. I mean, Google's always trying to get uh, good, relevant algorithms and they know that it's not perfect. Um, so, uh, but then what happens is we get a lot of people that come to us and say, Hey Marie, can you just call John up and call John Mueller up and, and tell him something's right. wrong with our site, right? And uh, it doesn't always work that way. <laughs> no, no, no. And I mean, you you know, I forget the channel that they used. It might have been uh, joining a hangout, or maybe they pinged Danny Sullivan or whatever it was. But you know, if da- like Danny's great that way too, and so is John. Where mm-hmm. if they see something that's weird, they'll pass yeah. it along to the teams to look at, which is great. I mean, they, mm-hmm. you know, like when you report feedback in the search results, supposedly that goes to a human. So, mm-hmm. you know, they will look at things. So, and if something seems off, you can't see that reverse sometimes. So, um, mm-hmm. it, unfortunately for the sites that are dealing with it, they're still down for that time. 
but hopefully that they can come back. If it's truly something where the team goes, yeah, this isn't right. Other times mm-hmm. they may go, no, this is what we want. You know, yeah. like, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know if you remember the celebrity update, it was December, yeah, yeah, yeah. whenever it was years ago. And I saw all of these mm-hmm. celebrities drop off the map, their own sites. And mm-hmm. Danny saw it and was like, I'm passing it along to the teams. Yeah. Nothing changed. Why? Because I looked at it. Yeah, those sites were terrible. <laughs> they, they were like four pages for like, you know, some, so I'm not going to start mm-hmm. naming stars here, but, um, <laughs> but the right thing was to rank Instagram and mm-hmm, their, mm-hmm. their other profiles over their sites because their sites hadn't been touched in years. Yeah. And often that's something we'll see too, is a client will say, well, yes, we, you know, we deserve to rank here better than anybody else. And then when we look at it, we're like, well, actually, you know, these pages provide more information or, you know, there's often, it's often hard to look at your own baby uh, and see where the faults are uh, sometimes. So right, that's why, totally. uh, you know, people like you and I are good for uh, uh, getting an opinion there. Right. And, um, and not just our opinion, but it's our opinion based upon seeing a lot of yeah, different sites. So exactly. Yeah. Situations. Yeah. 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 You know what I worry about sometimes? I don't, maybe I'm going to get too deep here is that I think we rely on each other so much, right? Like you'll publish uh, stuff about here's what you're seeing. And then Lily Ray will publish, you know, here's what she's seeing. And and I'll say, here's what I'm seeing. And then I try to, you know, we try to uh, connect that with each other and find the commonalities. And I, I wish there were more people uh, who published their, what they're seeing. You know, I think it's, I think it's, it's difficult um, for obvious reasons, right? Because the SEO community is very quick to to criticize or to say, oh, no, you're wrong uh, in this and that. Um, but I wish more people would say, oh, you know, I had a site that was affected by this update and I think it could be this. Uh, I wish we could have more discussion on that. Yeah, I, I yeah. agree. And um, like you will probably agree, I mean, publishing content, first of all, is massively time consuming, especially mm-hmm. when you're doing analysis on top of writing, on top of editing on top of grabbing screenshots and stuff. So I think there's that piece of it. And yes. then there's the fear piece of, you know, I'm gonna, you know, someone may think that they're going to write something and get hammered on Twitter for it or whatever. So yeah, I mean, the more that can be shared, the better. Um, I think things are going probably in the opposite direction, unfortunately. You know, I just mm-hmm, don't mm-hmm. see enough people writing about stuff like this. I think know? most of it is fear. Yeah. I, I think it's fear yeah. of uh, being wrong because there's so much that's not provable uh, right now in SEO yeah. that, you know, but we can still have f- theories. So uh, anybody who's listening, if you uh, like wanted to publish something or have some theories, you can reach out to to me and uh, my Twitter DMs are open now. So uh, uh, you can reach out to me and I'll happily help you uh, publish something um, in re- if it'll help other people in the SEO community. Because that's what... Uh, I think grows us, you know, and we have all this fear that like maybe we'll follow the wrong direction, but we all mean well, you know, we, we all are intending to help uh, uh, sites. So uh, that's my little, uh, my little soapbox there is I want to get more people right. uh, involved in sharing their, their stuff. Let's talk a little bit here about um, site quality problems. I mean, I, we could yeah. probably talk for hours on this, but sure. uh, tell me, you know, some of the maybe common things that you would see. Yeah, sure. So, and then I could give some quick examples as well. But um, so basically, if there's site quality problems, uh, it could be a number of things, right? I always say there's not not one smoking gun. Look at everything from content. Obviously, you know, if you have thinner content, can't meet or exceed user expectations. Um, user engagement to me is huge, right? So if you have mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a horrible UX that um, people can't get through, 
and you're really annoying them and they're leaving, Google can pick up on that in a number of ways. Um, related to that is aggressive advertising, right? So mm -hmm. um, in Google's blog post, which I know you read all the time about core updates, um, they literally say, is the page filled with ads, right? I mean, so this is something I've seen and you probably have as well since medieval panda days, right? So really bad, aggressive advertising situation. It's totally okay to run ads. I'm not saying not to, but- And it's hard. In, yeah. Oh, sorry to interrupt you, Glenn. I just, I, I want to say how hard it is uh, to get rid of that problem because when the site comes to you, they're struggling. Yeah. And then you right. tell them, get rid of your ads. Uh, that's difficult, right? I've spoken to many a monetization team. <laughs> and sometimes those those calls go really well and sometimes they don't. <laughs> and I totally get it. You're, you're asking a site to be more aggressive in cutting down revenue, right? But it's really clear sometimes, and I've seen this a million times, I've written numerous posts about it as well, and included those in my uh, posts about Broadcore updates, but you cannot do that, right? Uh, there was one the other day I was counting, I literally counted, I think it was 40 ads on the page. <laughs> oh gosh. Right. I mean, it was wow. like every other paragraph weaved into the content. And then there was one sticky one at the bottom. And on mobile, it was like <laughs> taking up a third of the top and scrolling with you as you were going down the page. I mean, That's it's just- good. Yeah, don't do not do this, right? So you have the ad situation, then you have aggressive affiliate, which can be a problem as well. So mm -hmm. we're talking about product reviews, updates, so sites like that need to watch out for that. So, and then the last piece um, are technical SEO problems that cause quality problems. You have a glitch on your site, suddenly you're pumping out 10,000 pages without any content or broken content, that's not good either. I mean, right. So, right. so all of this together falls under quality to me. And John Mueller even said, quality is not just about content, right? He mm -hmm. said, it's about user experience. It's about how things are presented. It's about, um, you know, the ad situation. He, I have a great tweet that I shared and I make sure I share that whenever anyone brings that up. Um, cause that's super important to understand. It's not just content. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, for a lot of people are the first step when a site has seen traffic drops is, uh, is to jump straight to technical. And I mean, we've talked about that, that, uh, technical is I yeah. find now, um, I mean, my team is, uh, 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 doing a really good job on technical reviews. Uh, but the sites that see drops with core updates, if you had technical problems that were hindering your site, like they, you wouldn't have been ranking well uh, to start with. You know, um, it's it's just very rare that that is the issue. Although, mind you, we can find things that uh, we can fix um, that result in some improvements, uh, but it's not going to result in a complete recovery uh, from a core hit. Right. <clears throat> Other than if the technical issues were causing content quality. Exactly. Issues. Yeah, yeah. Good then, point. Good point. But, yeah, but yeah. I agree with you. I mean, you know, certain technical things are not going to impact you during a broad core update. But again, you know, if you find something like, you know, a client goes, wow, I didn't know those 300,000 pages were there. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, they were, and they're really not mm -hmm. good. And Google crawled and indexed a portion of them and then, you know, good luck. So yeah, um, that's a quote we use from John all the time, too, where he said something about how every page that's in the index is considered yes. uh, when when Google considers quality for your site. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it's I call it quality indexing. Um, focus on that. Make sure your highest quality content is indexed and make sure thin and low quality content is not. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Now, some people go overboard with that, you know, and start cutting content that they shouldn't. But it's really important to understand that ratio. I've written uh, a few posts about that as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, well, so assuming that we've improved quality on a website, what's your experience in uh, recovery? Like what, um, uh, I know you can't say exactly what percentage of sites would recover, but what, what do you tend to see when you've helped a site fix quality issues? Yeah, so that's a great question. The question I get every time from a company that I'm helping mm-hmm. with broad core updates. So it really depends on the site, right? So let, let's face it. We know you really can't recover until another broad core update. Sure, there are smaller core updates. I actually have an example of that I might share in a minute, but where you could see improvements. But if you've been majorly impacted, you pretty much need another one for those algorithms to refresh and rerun. And sometimes um, more than one. Sometimes more than one, I find too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you mean uh, broad core updates? Yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. That's what I was just going to say. So like, (laughs) my point is like, if you start making changes and you have a month before the next broad core update, you're not going to recover. Mm-hmm. And if you see some improvements, it's probably minor. But a lot of sites need to wait till that next one or even longer. I mean, some of the best improvements that I've seen with clients have happened a year down the line after. Now, these are huge sites making massive mm-hmm. changes over time. Google's on record explaining that they want to see that significant improvement over the long term and see that in place. Why? Because if not, spammers could change, recover, mm-hmm. spam again, right? I mean, so Google's yeah. like, no, 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 we're going to be cautious. I think John's used that word with algorithms a lot. They, they're going to be a little more cautious with this site if they've seen a yes. lot of this yeah, go on yeah. or that go on or more critical, right? So you want to make sure that they're not as critical and they're not as cautious down the line. So I would say you're looking at if it's a large scale site that's been impacted, probably four to six months. Yeah, right. I would agree. Uh, and yep. especially of things in place, not just you working on it, but Google crawling, reprocessing that and seeing that in place for four to six months. But some I've seen over a year. Now, the ones, the, the cool part of the ones that took a year, that stinks that it took a year, but they're in such good position now that they fix yes. so many things that they really don't have to worry nearly as much as they did in the past because they know what we're doing is great. We're not messing around. We don't have thin or low quality content anymore. We're on top of quality indexing. Technical SEO is sound, so on and so forth. Our ad situation's not nuts anymore. And, mm-hmm. you know, they could feel better moving on. So, yeah. And it, it and it does take uh, time, definitely. Yeah. I think four to six yeah. months is a, is a reasonable. Uh, time frame for most of the sites that we work on too, assuming sure. you're going to see recovery. And that's what um, uh, we've been through as well that, you know, if, if the, if the shifts were because uh, the intent had shifted or, uh, right. or relevancy was seen as, as different yep. then, uh, then, you know, you may not uh, see recovery from that. Um, and, and also yeah. on that note, it's, it's, <clears throat> it's really important to understand that if you cherry pick changes, you may never recover. Yeah, you know, like yeah, you yeah. You have to clearly get out of the gray area. And yeah. the worst part, and I always said it's maddening for site owners. If you are making changes and you're getting close to getting out of the gray area, but not enough, you will never know how close you are. Mm-hmm. You'll mm-hmm. just stay down. And yep. that I've seen site owners do that. And it's terrible. One in particular was a, a news publisher a few years ago, destroyed during a broad core update wouldn't change certain things, things that were big. We ne- Not one smoking gun, but it was a big gun that they, they had going mm-hmm. on there and they would not fix it. And they flatlined for two full years. Wow. Then fixed it. And uh, during the next broad core update, they came back, not fully back, uh, but up yeah, a yeah. lot. And it's like, you could have done that then. Do you know what I mean? Like, so mm-hmm. my, my point is just make as many changes as you can to, to objectively improve the site. If you don't do that, there's a chance that you could just remain down. And that's maddening. 
Yeah. And that's kind of what you've called the kitchen sink approach, right? Yes. Is, exactly. uh, is do all that you can, um, anything. And that's, and that's our approach as well is, uh, to work on anything that we can find that we can say, ah, oh, right. Well, this could be something that could improve, uh, quality. Uh, and then the tricky part is in prioritizing it and, and, um, uh, determining what to work on, uh, you know, cause sometimes you can't do absolutely everything. Uh, right, right. Yeah, the kitchen sink is is really important because I love the tweet um, from Fabrice Canel from Bing because they're very um, transparent about the use of yes. machine learning. Okay. And the, the, the video was we send thousands of signals to the machine learning system. It determines weighting and then ultimately rankings. An wow. engineer can't go in and know what is more powerful than another thing with these signals. And he said thousands of signals. So the idea that you could tweak 20 things, 50 things, or even a hundred things, right. And say, well, this is it. That's not the, like, that's not the way I'm looking at it. And that's not the way Google's algorithms and Bing's algorithms are looking at it either. So I, I love that video. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should just buy links then fix it all with links. Yeah. No? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I explained this in my uh, December product reviews update post. I mean, there were some companies that surged through the roof with a handful of links. I mean, they were going against behemoths and they had five, 7,000 links. Interesting. One had, th- one had like, I yeah. think 3,000 links, but they were good links. Wow. But they were yeah, only yeah. 3,000 surged through the roof. So it's definitely not all about links. Links are hugely important. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but they're not um, the end all. And you mm-hmm. can see that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a lot to know. <laughs> I think yeah. uh, this has been a really, really good discussion. I think this is probably a good place to to end it. Unless, did you have any other uh, examples or anything you wanted to share? No, I mean, I had some examples of uh, quality problems, but I mean, we kind of covered, uh, you know, like what those things would be. Um, I sure. could probably talk for it. Maybe we could do another <laughs> podcast where we go deeper we with should. those. But. You know what I want to talk to you about, Glenn? Although I was going to, men- well, here I am mentioning it, uh, is... Um, uh, but I didn't prep you for this at all. So, <laughs> so okay. uh, is uh, Phantom updates uh, back 2000, what, <laughs> 14, 15, 2015, <clears throat> Rank Brain, yep. and all, you know, because that was when, uh, I mean, Google gave us the Panda questions with Panda in 2011. And then 2015, I feel with Rank Brain was when they actually started to be able to assess some of these things algorithmically. Um, and I have all sorts of theories on uh, what happened and what changed there. Um, I'm in the midst of putting together a presentation for SMX on uh, uh, on that. Um, and uh, I think when that comes out, I'm going to want to do some more talk on podcast about my thoughts on uh, how... Google's use of entities is connected to answering some of these questions in the product review updates posts and, and things like that. Um, so at some point, I want to I want to chat with you again uh, and get yeah, your thoughts. Yeah, yeah, sure. On, uh, yeah, Fa- Phantom. How- that was a long time ago. And just so people yeah. understand, Google did not name that Phantom. I called it Phantom just because it was a mysterious update, and everyone was, was a good like, name. "Google Phantom updates." But um, yeah, no, it was a good name. It was basically, in my opinion, just broad core updates before they started telling us they were broad core updates because mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. were massive updates that it was hard to ignore um, mm-hmm. what was going on. So uh, I'm glad they finally started telling us when they're pushing these yeah. massive updates. So yeah, so much, uh, so much has gone on in the last uh, decade of search. Gosh, well, thank you for doing this, Glenn. This has been really, really good. What are are you up to? Uh, anything interesting for the summer? You uh, you're a big baseball fan, right? 
uh, yeah, exactly. Yankees the, fan. Uh, so the, the, the baseball season started late um, due to the issues that they were having, but uh, they're, they're back and the Yankees look good, but the American League East is tough with the Blue Jays. Yeah. I hear I so I was I was a big Jays fan. I haven't watched a lot of baseball recently, but I heard the Jays have a good team this year. They have a really good team, but in the division you have the Red Sox, the Jays, the Yankees, uh the Rays, they're so four out of the five mm-hmm. teams are excellent, so it should be interesting. Um uh-huh. so that and you know my kids are heavily involved in sports and stuff, so um yeah, yeah, we'll be watching a lot of that. Fun. Fun. Well, Glenn, if people want to are you taking client new client work right now? If people um, want to reach out to you, yeah, I mean, busy. people could absolutely reach out to me. Um, there, there's usually a bit of a wait, um, but you know, it, it depends on the, the time of year and everything like that. So, yeah, but if, if anyone has or ever has any questions about what's going on, they could absolutely ping me on Twitter um, or you know, go to my uh, website and email me from there. Excellent. We'll make sure we have uh, Glenn's Twitter uh, account on uh, the show description there, so you can, uh, so anybody can reach you there. Um, if anybody wants to reach me or hire uh, our team, you can reach us at help at mariehaines.com. and I'm on Twitter at marie underscore haynes. Uh, I I, I kind of made it part of my job. I loved uh, tweeting so much, so I hired a bunch of people, and uh, they do uh, most of the uh, the grunt work while I uh, I get to learn and and tweet things. So. Um, so everybody's welcome to tweet at me uh, if you have questions that I can help you with. And I think we're through. So thanks, Glenn. This was uh, fantastic. Yeah, and, no, this uh, is a great conversation. Lots, lots to cover. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to do it again soon. So Definitely. thanks, everybody, for listening. And I wish you the best of luck with your rankings. Bye.